0: All right, we will you know what we'll go ahead and well we're not going to hit a break because i don't have a uh i don't have a sponsor but um
1: this is where the break would go everyone we will not be talking <laughs> this is this is where we'll flag go. flag this in the in the in the upload so that people know where to go to start talking about non-bet stuff just put it in a marker there you go. right here
0: there you go all right i will um and i'm gonna go take that casserole <laughs> out of the oven there
1: you go <laughs> <Right> there. <laughs> Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. Here comes Aaron Gordon the other way. Gordon, oh my goodness. Oh. Circuit shot. They will count it. Jamal Murray taking him to the schoolyard. Belkich has to put it up. Falling away, puts it up. Stay! Knocks it. It's over. After 47 years, the Denver Nuggets can finally call themselves NBA champions. Y'all want to do it again? Let's do this. Let's do this. Dynasty. I
0: guess we'll never know. Mount Everest. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. gentlemen, to the Denver Stiffs show is your hosts Zach Mikosh and Gordon Gross we are back again another week uh to well I guess Gordon this week we are wrapping up training camp which took place in over at UC California San Diego lovely San Diego I wish I was not in Fort Collins yeah (laughs) no that was the Sixers uh, exactly Collins which is which is an interesting choice I wonder why uh I always wonder how like these things work out like why did the Sixers come all the way to Fort Collins and Denver, Well, they Diego, of course, they went to San Diego last year as well. It sort of seems like to be now their like training camp home away from home. And I think maybe, you know, because this is the other thing I was thinking about this um, on training camp and the Sixers coming here specifically. Like, it's not like the Nuggets where they have like an auxiliary gym to practice in. Like the Sixers right. have a beautiful training facility, like one of the best in the league. And yet they still come to Fort Collins, Colorado. <laughs> now, Colorado State University also has a great uh, practice facility as well. But, like, I wonder if it is just, like, let's get these guys out of town, like, out of their element and put them in a place where, really, they got no choice but to, to hang out in the hotel. Now, there's a lot more to do in San Diego than Fort Collins. No offense. I love <laughs> Fort Collins. But, uh, no well, offense I, I just
1: think the – yeah, the, the Nuggets, when they did it, I mean, they were doing Creighton before or the Air Force – or right. the rather the uh, Olympic Training Center. So yeah, well, they, going out yeah, to San Diego, Diego is – definitely uh an improvement on that situation they did uh they used um, to do air force way back in the day like back in the night way in the day yep but i i do think that something had something to do with come here to altitude like you know get some actual training in like you know just south of here is with the title that we want etc cetera, etc cetera. i don't think it's yeah, like, I, you from a know, philly standpoint that's a good point I mean, most people don't do that when it's the Lakers who win it, you know, or the Heat, because then your guys will never focus. You cannot do it, what you'd be doing training camp in L.A., but. I don't really pay
0: attention to anyone's training camp other than uh, the Nuggets. Obviously, the Sixers I barely popped pay up attention on the radar. That. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, like, well, there's only so much you can take, like, because, it, you know, yes. it's basketball is weird. They give you like. The five minutes to interview everybody after practice is over and you get to do that each day of camp and like that's basically it like that's the only access you get basketball is not like any other sport where and the funny thing is because we were bringing up the Air Force Academy and stuff like that's not really how it used to be I mean training camp used to be pretty much entirely open uh, to the public. Back in the back in the 90s, I remember going down there at the Air Force
1: Academy, and like we went training every camp single day. Training camp is open in other sports too, like you, right. you know, you're like, football. I mean, football. You can watch me right. do training exactly. camp, it's fun. It's what's exactly. funny to me is that for some reason in basketball now, it's you know we don't want them to have our secrets or whatever. And I'm like, your secret is we're gonna dribble the ball and shoot it. <laughs> like I don't.
0: <laughs> They got a lot of film, trust me, on the Jamal Murray, Nicole Jokic, two-man right. like that. Right. That's we no secret to anybody. They're, and
1: yeah.
0: like, they're <laughs> definitely good. That's what you're going to go to, like 75% of your game plan. Let's just be honest when those two guys are on the floor. When those two guys are on the floor, that's like 95% of your
1: game plan because it works. It's, yeah, because well, it works, and you can't stop it. So it's it's this thing where I don't understand why you're not allowed to watch them practice and see guys work and see what they're working on. And you could be like, oh, they're integrating Christian Brown in more of the, you know, the pick plays. And, you know, they're having him doing some back cuts and back picks. Like, I don't understand what the problem is. But, you know, once you get paranoid coaches who want to have some sort of weird advantage, you know, uh, I, I will say that um, Access was better before um, the COVID shutdown, And then not, not necessarily for training camp, um, or practices, but to like get two players, and now it's very much like I'll give you, you know, 15 minutes on Zoom or whatever. Yeah, way. Yeah, yeah.
0: But you know what? I kind of I, I think it's better that way. Like it was always so awkward, like standing in the locker. It's room, weird being but, in the
1: locker like, room, dressed. man.
0: Yeah. Like yeah. Like I yeah. I always felt uncomfortable in those scenarios. Like to me, I would much rather sit in the media room and like have them be like, all right, which you know, which three guys do you want or whatever. And like yeah, you don't you maybe don't get as much of like the little uh kind of more personal moments and access but but to i will say to the credit to the nuggets pr like i feel like you've seen a lot more one-on-one interviews with with different outlets whether it be mile high sports or dnvr you know who knows maybe here at uh denver stiffs we'll be able to uh, get some get some guys or or you know really I'd love to get like some of the some of the older players from from the past. But you know like they have been I feel like they've been much more open with that than they were uh
1: pre-COVID. Now, obviously during COVID there was like no access to anybody. You like, can't do anything.
0: Person. Yeah. But yeah.
1: Uh, well and I think it also coincides with the fact that you know the Nuggets they weren't kids anymore, right? Like, you know, you're not trying to get um you know Nikola Jokic whose English was interesting when he got to America. Um, and you're not trying to get him into an interview. Um, you know, that guy's English is fine. Everybody else's, um, they've been on the team a long time. When you have continuity, you can start giving people access without having to worry about it, I suppose. And it's nice to get the word out about all the players. Like it's nice. Well, you
0: also
1: have you also have continuity too with the Denver media.
0: Like a lot of these
1: also uh, true. are
0: getting access. They've been around for like years now. They've been around essentially as long as Jokic has, you know. And, right. And have, have really grown with this team just as just as much as uh, the players have. It's 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 a really I, cool thing to do. I would, the, media, I would say
1: the Nuggets. Yeah, the Nuggets have the uh, one of the like largest core of local. Reporters I've ever seen because they have the exactly. reporters. They have the new media guys. They have the internet guys. Like, but they've all been here for the same amount of time. Like, it's right when when print went away uh, because the Nuggets were terrible. Um, you know, uh, once Jokic got here, the guys who were covering it were mostly new media, and right. that that coincided with the the downfall or the the downswing, I guess, of the print media um and so now you're getting a bunch of uh uh, like you said continuity from all of these guys who put in all the time over the last you know eight years to go ahead and, and build these relationships and see these people and now you can see all these interviews and they've been talking to these guys the whole time they've been here their whole careers um i do like that they've been brave enough to give us the Um the younger players like, you know, Christian Brown or or Peyton Watson and and
0: Julian Strother was was just on with Julian
1: Strother, yep.
0: The other day, you know, and that like that's what I was watching. It was a fantastic interview. Anybody should
1: uh, absolutely
0: check it out over on I think the probably best place to check it out would be over on YouTube. Check out DNVR's channel there. They had a uh, interview with Julian Strother and Reggie Jackson. It was just it really was a great uh, a great interview. Those guys do a great job. All right, well, Gordon, we are with the rail you. I'm glad we derailed you
1: in the first 30 seconds of the podcast. Yeah,
0: we didn't. We didn't even get get through anywhere. Uh, we didn't even get to the rundown before uh, before we got off track. But so we are going to get on to this week. We're going to talk about a lot of training camp. Uh, we'll actually talk more than just high level uh, things like why why travel for training camp but we'll get into the the nuts and bolts of of the Denver Nuggets camp that would happen this week like you we said out in San Diego uh we're also going to talk about the you know the Phoenix Suns they will be playing tomorrow with the uh with the Denver Nuggets on TNT a preseason game a Denver Nuggets preseason game on TNT how do you like he that
1: televised at all what are you talking <laughs> about like how like uh, listen, part, hey, they get like one TV game in like the four, so this is great.
0: Listen, I uh, yeah, ain't that the truth? Like you're where well I'll, the 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 altitude uh that's yeah it's true. I guess the altitude crew is gonna do every single one uh this time that has always not been the case how far how far we have come yeah uh but we will so we will break down that that Suns game because there's a lot, I think a lot there's just lots to talk about about the Suns right we haven't we haven't been on to talk about all the changes uh, that the Suns have made over the season. What better time than when the Nuggets are about to face them here in uh, in the first preseason game that happened on Tuesday. And then, of course, we'll open. Well, I guess we'll open now with uh, with our fast break bets. I was looking. I, they didn't have any lines posted yet because uh, we're recording on Sunday night. So they didn't have any lines posted yet for that Nuggets-Suns game. And, you know, in the, the same vein of last week when we said don't bet on preseason, uh, I'm going to I'm going to stick to that. So we will look at some more futures bets uh this week on on the Denver Nuggets and let's let's dive right into that right now, Gordon. The first one I want to talk to you about is there's, I I honestly like like the value on this one. Uh coach of the year, Michael Malone sitting at plus 900.
1: Well, he's got to win it one of these years, right? Exactly. Like, That's, and one of these years it has to be Malone's year. So um yeah i for me that depends on record uh like if it's, it's going to be totally
0: record-based
1: i agree 100 it's, it's that it's not going to be anything else if they come out and they set a uh nuggets, if they win like, 60 games i feel like they would if they even if they just set the record for the nuggets which is so like 58 eight, would be the record yeah, yeah. would be the record so if you go 58 wins right so you set the team record for wins and you're a number one seed then you you've got it that's you right it's it's yours uh, because you're he defending would. champs, you're going to get a lot of votes, and they've never voted for you before. Uh, right, he's exactly. come close he's before, like, but he's never he, won it. So he's uh, – yeah, like, 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 voters like him. It's never been
0: like really in the conversation, right? Like because and, – and maybe part of it is like he uh, – Michael Malone, his – career with the Denver Nuggets has been about steady progression from, from the first year. Like he he had a run there where he basically just improved their record or they got further in the playoffs every single year until uh, they lost to golden state there, or, or actually, sorry, when they lost to Phoenix, they got swept by Phoenix in the second round because obviously they had gone to the Western Conference Finals the year before. But up until that point, like he had always got them further than the year they were. So it, it, usually when you have coach of the year, it's a guy who makes that big jump. Right. And so right now uh, it's Mike. Oh, how do he pronounce his name? Mike, Mike, D- Daniel. I don't even know um, from Oklahoma City. Right. The new coach out there. Yep. And he's the the odds-on favorite, and 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 that makes sense because if you look at a team from a talent standpoint, who would you be like? This team's about to make a huge jump. Uh, Oklahoma City is a team that you know obviously was in the play-in tournament last year, didn't get into the playoffs. A team that could be wouldn't wouldn't shock you, right, if they were like a four or a five seed this season.
1: Malone, um, and Malone? Yeah, they, yeah, like, yeah, Malone can can <laughs> is, has been climbing the ladder, but there's not a lot better that he can do. He can't make a jump, so it right. would pretty so much it's be a past performance. Yeah, but that's why it's got to be record. Like you, you can't get a bundle or victory. Um, you know, if I I could see it, um, I don't know. Coach of the year is so weird because you have to look at uh, like you said, it's not necessarily who's the best, but it it's who looked more like they got it together over the course of the season. And the right. n- Nuggets are already together.
0: Right. Like exactly. That's just, it, they it's already almost, know what they're doing. It's almost always based on improvement, or one team is just overwhelmingly like the, their record is like this is clearly the best team in the NBA, and so therefore. <laughs> We're going to give the the coach, you know, how can you knock a coach when he wins 60 plus games? So that's why I almost think it has to be 60 or more, because that's kind of like a it's big, 60. Yeah, a I can big it. number because everybody, you know, it's the Denver Nuggets. We're just this flyover, uh, flyover team. They, uh, you know, who cares if we break our individual season record because it's the Denver Nuggets record. It's not that impressive. Right. Uh, if you get plus <laughs> right. 60,
1: then then it could be different for sure. They start talking. Yeah. Yeah, well, and it's it's a matter of, it's really weird, right? Like, if, let's say uh, Vogel won 58 feet, but he got the number one seed in the West over the Nuggets, he'd be a contention, right? I mean, I guess, but I wouldn't, like, again, like, with that with that
0: roster, which we'll get into here in a bit, like, uh, 58, I mean, I guess. I Yeah, he'd be in the discussion, but I don't think he would win. I would think whoever, like, gets that, you know, biggest jump. Well, and and maybe that's going to be the argument against Malone on this too, is because like when people are like, well, yeah, when you look at the roster that he has, like, how can he not? So that again, it, it's going to have to be an
1: impressive uh, win total. They're going to have to blow I that over you.
0: under over. Uh, so what you're like saying is you talked
1: me out of voting for the plus nine hundred for Malone. Yeah, I kind of okay. talked myself about it out of it, too, <laughs> to be honest, with you right now.
0: All right, uh, let's move on to our next, um, our next. Fast break bet, which is really, I mean, if you if you love if you're a gambler, uh, I got a plus 5000 for you. Christian Brown, sixth man of the year, currently docking in at plus 5000. My problem with the Christian Brown bet is this. You don't like the sixth man of the year goes to whoever scores the most points off the bench. uh, And with that is correct jokic murray porter yeah, i mean even gordon you know reggie jackson is a, is a guy who can score like there's there's a lot of scorers around christian braun or braun brown and his um his game is also best suited to playing within you know playing within the game and and really just kind of being that kind of guy the do all kind of guy and that's what they need out of them because they're going to lose a lot of that with Bruce Brown. Now, I mean, Bruce Brown, a lot of people thought could have won six man of the year last year, but it was kind of the same thing. Like he just, the nuggets didn't need him to get them 20 points off the bench every night. And, and that's
1: generally who that award goes to. Right. Like it's, it's a volume scorer, Okay. And Christian Brown took four field goal attempts a game last year. So yeah, right. he would yeah. have to like quadruple that to be getting close to getting uh, the, the sixth man of the year. So I just I, I don't see him getting the kind of shots that would that would pull that off for him. Um, No, no. But mostly because that's not his role. Right. His role is not volume scorer. His role is walk down defender, hustle, rebounder, like transition D, guy. Like,
0: yeah. And, and yeah. get out and transition. Uh, you know, and I know some people think that he's going to be able. And Christian himself, as he said at media day, is like, there's he thinks that there's going to be an opportunity, you know, more for him to do ball handling and playmaking now that Bruce Brown is gone. And there, I mean, that role is going to be filled. But uh, as we'll talk about here with training camp a little bit, like, you know, I I don't think that Christian Brown is the guy that that Coach Malone or or the Nuggets front office is looking to be the guy to handle the ball and like initiate the offense uh coming off the bench, which means it's not there's not gonna be as many options for him to create his own shot uh like there was for Bruce Brown.
1: Correct. Well and even Bruce only took like nine shots a game. Right. So, yeah. It like, wasn't it's, like he was it's a really huge hard for me to himself. see Right. Like Malcolm like uh, who won it uh, last year, Brogdon, right? I think so. Yeah. So Malcolm, even... Malcolm Brogdon won it and he was scoring 15 points a game. And that was low. And he's like, is the Tyler favorite Harrow, this Jordan Clarkson, again. like those guys are scoring 18, 20 points a game. Nobody off the right. bench is going to be scoring 20 points a game for the Nuggets. That's for just not going to no, be a yeah. thing. Not unless they decide. to <clears throat> And that was, you know, Williams, all those guys, Jamal Crawford like that. That was it. Yeah. That's the gig is the volume scorer off the bench. Whoever the microwave guy is who just runs right. in and just jacks up shots, that's your sixth man.
0: And like I would the, I would feel much better uh as as a better uh, putting money on Malik Monk at plus 1300 uh for yeah. sixth man of the year out of Sacramento because like that's that's a guy who like he's a scorer. Like that's what he does, you know. And and, and also is a guy who's going to play like Christian Brown might very well Close out games for the Nuggets. And I think he certainly will in, in situations and in when he's playing well. But like Malik Monk is a guy that like Sacramento's probably going to close out every single game with him in their lineup. That's right. the kind of guy who gets six. Minutes. Those are the Managing Obliques, the Jordan Crawfords, the, you know, the, like you said, Lou Williams, the guys who win these awards uh, over and over again.
1: Exactly. And so for me, it's, I, I just don't see it in the same way that. You know, most improved. Well, he could be amazing, but he's not going to win most improved because he's not going to score. And yeah, half he's, of yeah, winning he's the most second player. player. Right. Yeah, yeah. You're and sure. and they, you, you don't give that to somebody until you're you're like earning your second contract or. Right. You know what I mean? Like you well, take some kind huge... of leash as a star. I feel like the voters have there's a huge stigma in
0: particular about a second year guy because you're like, well, you should take a huge <laughs> leap right. year to your second year. Like now you're not a rookie anymore. Like, you know what to expect. That's that's probably the biggest improvement anybody can make. So, yeah, I don't even know. You'd have to look it up. I don't even know the last time a most improved player uh, was actually a second year guy. I, I guarantee
1: you it's. Bad. Oh, that would. Yeah, it's that's that, that's going to be a minute. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine how that would be. So. Like I said, right. I, I don't, I don't expect any awards for, for Christian Brown, uh, other than maybe another title. And he's just going to have to suffer with, with exactly, the exactly. There you go. I mean,
0: <clears throat> you know, that's that, and that's all they need from him. They don't, he's Christian Brown's time is coming because KCP's contract will be up after the season. Like yep. you've got that, that is Christian Brown is now Taylor. He's not really your Bruce Brown replacement. He's your, he's your KCP replacement. That's, that's his yes. long
1: term, um, trajectory i agree yes that that he's going to be in the he's a big guy who can take threes if they're open but he's not a volume three guy he's a cutter he you know what i mean like that he is his mold is like you said in the mold of pope not in the mold of bruce brown and so yeah that's the that's the the curve that and the trajectory that the nuggets want him on and i assume that's what they're going to be prepping him for
0: all right, so we we agree we're both we're both off the the Christian Brown plus five thousand. Um, it'd be great. I mean, it's awesome if it wins. I mean, if you want to weigh ten bucks it, on it, wins, yeah. ten
1: bucks you can get you can get you know five hundred bucks out right. of it, but
0: but you're probably just wasting ten bucks. Yeah, you might as well you might as well throw ten bucks on the Powerball and like you might get one point four billion out of it. You know, so. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, let's do one more. And I thought this one was very interesting. It's uh, another like kind of somewhat based off of how you think the team as a whole is going to do. Uh, The Nuggets, whether you want it on the over or the under, uh, the Nuggets seed right now, minus 110, is two and a half. So do you think they're going to be the two seed or, or higher or not? I tend to want to bet i like I tend to bet like you should definitely take the i, guess, I don't i know what would you call that the over uh two and a half when I actually because i I think they will in fact be a top two seed that feels like a pretty safe uh safe bet if you're if you're looking i think at the western conference you know the I think Phoenix is the team that you obviously look at is in terms of who's the other you know I would probably have yeah. a little bit more trouble if it was one and a half. Instead of two and a half, but if like okay, Phoenix can be can be one of the top two seeds, you Denver's the other one. I mean, I don't, you know, I you're not going to convince me that that LeBron James and Anthony Davis are going to play a full season and and win enough games to be a top two seed for the Lakers. Like I'm not saying that they couldn't be a team that's going to you know even make a, make a run in the playoffs, but I think it's far more likely that they're a, a middle seed or even even similar to what they had to do last year, where they kind of rallied at the end. Uh, than than them being a top seed throughout the season, and I mean the same that same story to me goes for the Clippers. Uh, I don't I don't necessarily see the Mavericks putting it together enough to be having enough power to get again a top two seed over a team like the Nuggets or Suns. You know Memphis is not going to have jaw for like a full third of the year. Sacramento, good All team, right. but like they've got to try and back sure. up what they did last year again. Like and 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 I think at most most everyone would agree there's no no uh, knock on Sacramento I think they're a really exciting young team but like I think everybody would agree if you're going to compare Sacramento to Denver and Phoenix you would say there's they're in a different tier uh, in terms of talent
1: right and so the I, I agree with you I, I think the Nuggets are a top two seed makes perfect sense because number three might be why oh god who would you pick for three Golden State yeah, again, like, how many I how many games are all those
0: guys gonna play? Yeah, are they going to uh, play? Exactly. Is. Like they're, they're Honestly, gonna Sacramento have problems. Would, I think Sacramento is probably the team. The like Kings, if I was gonna say right now. Yeah. A three seed, they they feel probably the safest. I don't know. I, for some reason, I feel like it's gonna work for Dallas this year, uh, which I'm not sure why. I feel that. Like I, I guess it's just. I don't really know really either because
1: I I they they're coached by Jason Kidd and that guy only gets That's worse true. as time goes on. Oh, so, God, so. he's terrible. Like. You're just dragging an anchor that's going to get worse every year. So I don't. I'm, I'm still not betting on the Mavericks. Um, I mean the Lakers could be great. They. I just don't. I don't think they're going to have a better season than the Nuggets. Um, yeah. and again, you're asking guys who have not habitually been healthy to be healthy. Right. Um, and I don't. I don't really expect that. Um, I. I know that they're trying to get AD to not play center and hope that that helps him. Uh, but it hasn't in the past. So. <laughs> I, I'm not betting on Laker health either. So in that I was sense, that's,
0: I, that's so funny too. When they say a little 80s, I to place there. I was thinking of it from like a, a nuggets context. I'm like, okay, so what, so Aaron Gordon's going to defend you. That's what we were going to do anyways. Like,
1: Oh, right. Yeah. That okay. was, that was plan a, so that's fine. Yeah. It, it doesn't affect the nuggets at all, but for, for AD, they're just trying not to get him beat up over 82. And I understand right. that, but I mean, just stepping onto a court beats him up. So I'm not, Sure. I'm not yeah, really exactly. expecting him to stay healthy. So yeah, I, I think that a top two uh, bet on the nuggets is not necessarily safe, but I think that's very reasonable. Yeah. The the problem with this
0: bet, right. Is the minus 110. Like it's not, it's not, You're not it's making basically of e- even money. money off of it, yeah. for, right. For, for again, like we talked about last week for locking your money up um, for an entire, uh, an entire season, which I'm never a big fan of, unless you think it's really going to pay off. I did, by the way, uh, throw down my $20 bet. Good on, for you. on yogic in season tournament mvp we'll see if that one we'll see if that one cashes out uh all right so let's bust in then off of the uh fast break bets remember if you have a gambling problem uh call 1-800-GAMBLER to get yourself some help um let's move in to our training camp storylines it was like we were talking about earlier to start the show as we rambled off it was the uh training camp week for the nuggets it's always like training camp so quick it's like five days not even five days when you think about i it, know like four days because they monday is media day and then you fly uh-huh. that night to san diego you and then you fly back i mean they were back in town what saturday so you're yeah, like four yes. days it seems so like why like i honestly like i i get it like you can't you don't have two courts uh in, in the same room uh here in denver i guess you i mean you had it in Fort Collins or, or colorado springs It still it still baffles me i don't understand for four days why you go to uh well you go all the way out to
1: look man if my owner was a billionaire i would be like fly my ass to the beach so it makes sense to me yeah but that's yeah i mean i guess i <laughs> i'm with you <laughs>
0: All right, so the the Nuggets have been in San Diego for uh for I guess a few days, for four days, uh, and of course we we got through what day two uh, before we had our first injury storyline. Another than Michael Porter Jr. Uh, of course, anytime you start to see you see the tweet notification come in, Michael Porter Jr. hurt, you are like, oh gosh, please don't say the back, please don't say the right. back. Right. Uh, this time it sounds like he just tweaked an ankle. It doesn't sound like it was so bad. Of course, they said. Um, and I'm trying to think of who was reporting. I think it was Katie Wenge uh, from Altitude who said that uh, you know he was in a walking boot that day when he left training camp, which I think it would have maybe been Wednesday. Uh, but then she uh, she posted up a video today. They're back in Denver. He's he's you know bouncing around and doing some shooting, of course, after practice. So he looks uh, like it is a minor. Uh, I would yeah, not expect to see him tomorrow in in the
1: Suns game. I would I would imagine they would. Probably not. Him out. Probably not. I mean, you know, it's not, it's not that's not the point of the first preseason game anyway. So yeah. You yeah, probably exactly. won't see him tomorrow. Um he he obviously took his shirt off today in, in practice to help his ankle <laughs> and it worked. It like it's Fantastic. a superpower. It's like Samson growing his hair back or something. So he went shirtless and made a bunch of shots, and the ankle looked fine. So that's all we care about as Nuggets fans, is that uh MPJ is healthy and yeah precautionary I don't expect to see him tomorrow but for all I know he'll be stepping on the court and putting in 20 points cuz it just feels like it. you
0: know it's somewhat um it does kind of bring up uh some concern I think it does it's does start to highlight the Nuggets' won the championship because they were, they were the best team uh, throughout the season and, and through the playoffs. Uh, they were also one of the healthiest, like if not like the healthiest, like they really last year and it's, and it's karma, right. Coming back around because they dealt with so much injuries uh, the past two seasons that like last year, they finally got everybody healthy. And like, then like we all believe like once they finally got everybody healthy, They end up they end up winning it all, and it just makes you wonder, you know, if a Michael Porter, you know, if a Michael Porter Jr. or or a Jamal Murray or you know, God forbid, Nikola Jokic gets hurt, would they have enough juice to to still be? uh, a championship contender without one of those three guys. Obviously, we saw like, listen, when when you're down Murray and Porter and you're starting Facundo Campazzo uh, for however many games, like you've, there's only so much you can do, right? And you, you like, I mean, the Nuggets for a while there were rolling out a backcourt of uh, Campazzo because you know Will Barton was always on and off injured. You had a, you know a regular starting backcourt almost of, of Campazzo and Austin Rivers, like that's. That's rough. Not directed. ideal.
1: Yeah, not not ideal. Um, I I would say that in the regular season, the Nuggets can win fifty plus games with Jokic and like two other normal starters. So they're okay in the regular season. But even if those two starters playoff,
0: are KCP and Gordon and Aaron Gordon, yeah.
1: I I don't I don't worry about you a the lot of faith in of you got a
0: lot of faith in Reggie Jackson, brother.
1: <laughs> I got a lot of faith in Nicole Jokic. <laughs> that's that true. dude, the, like I mean, you know, he won what 48 with uh, Jamal and MPJ out the whole year or whatever. Like, yep. come on, like it, it. Yep, that's true. I mean, like, he had Monty. I'm not
0: worried about that season. him. Season. Who was who was Monty? Monty was
1: a great. like And he was a, he was a very useful. Yeah. uh I mean, like gets, that was vital for them. that's kind of what I'm getting at here is this is a team
0: that's always kind of hung on to a lot of veteran depth, whether it was, I mean, Monty was, I mean, he grew into a veteran, obviously he's homegrown guy here, but, uh, you know, he, he was uh, one of the best backup point guards in the league, if not the best backup point guard in the league. And then, you know, now you got, you got Reggie Jackson and you're hoping he can bounce back from. Uh, a struggle last season when he came to the team and obviously a guy who's not at the uh the height of his career anymore. You had you had guys like like the the Green brothers, the you know Jeff and Jermichael Green. Um obviously not real brothers, but you guys get what I mean. Those guys were, you know, a uh, strong like uh, veteran presence of guys who just did their job and and gave you those backup big minutes you had Bruce Brown as your Swiss Army knife another veteran who's like played his whole career as a Swiss Army knife and knows exactly how to you know step into each role now you and, and you had behind those guys you had Christian Brown you had Zeke Naji. You, know, you had Vlatko Chanchar, you had a lot of guys who could uh, be that depth, that that young guy, Peyton Watson, that guy who can you know, come in for a few games because someone got hurt and, and it's okay because you're only asking him to be the eighth man uh, in the rotation. And even if you lose a starter, well, you've got this great group of, of, of backup of, of veterans off your bench that those guys can equally step in and be, be a starter uh, for you for you know eight games or something like that now like right you're right re- really relying on i mean like peyton watson zeke naji even christian brown to an extent like there's a ton of pressure on these guys for not and, and you're not necessarily sure like will they no be offense, able to man. rise that they moment?
1: were relying on austin rivers they were relying on Facundo Campazzo. they were relying on Jamichael green like these were not stars nor are they in the league anymore like, this is, um, yeah. I guess the replacement-level player in the NBA isn't something I necessarily worry about. Um, the Nuggets have enough continuity that all of these people have played with Jokic. They all know what's going on. You're not adding new people to try to play with Jokic. If something happened like Jamal Murray went down, knock on everything right now, since you're bringing it up. But if something happened like Jamal Murray went down and you were like, well, now we have to start Reggie and now we're going to need another bench point guard, you could get a fungible bench point guard. Like the Nuggets, the Nuggets ran with the worst point differential for their bench ever, you know, Um, and they kept having to bring Jogic back in every two minutes because the bench would fall apart without him on the court. Um, And they still won a bunch of games. See, so but and that's
0: the thing that I'm saying is like the, the, Jamal Murray. Like, yeah, I, and of course, if you lose Jamal Murray or Nicole Jokic, like your season's going to look drastically different. Those two guys are right. anybody, but like, and you have Reggie Jackson behind Jamal Murray. That you have that one vet guy that I guess like you're hoping on to be that guy, but like, if Aaron Gordon goes down. You're put. You're doing what? You're putting with Peyton Watson in, or or Zeke Nagy in, and like yeah. suddenly that guy is a a starter on your on your championship contending team. Like I just don't. I mean, maybe in the regular it could, season it won't work. matter.
1: In the regular season, like what are you asking Aaron Gordon to do in the regular season? Not a, yeah, he had to I, do a ton in the postseason.
0: So what I'm is saying it? What is if it during
1: the during regular season. Yeah, but my I started saying in the regular season, and you started going off. So in the regular season Jokic can get them plenty of wins. I'm not worried about that. If you're trying to win a title without one of your starters, you're going to be in deep trouble. It's going to go like the um Milwaukee Bucks when you know Middleton went down. Right. Um that's going to be a problem. You don't have anybody who can replace that role. You only have six playoff guys and really five. Okay. So, yeah, you you can't replace them in the playoffs. In the regular season, you can make it up. It's fine. Um the Nuggets can go ahead and go to Charlotte and get a win without Jamal Murray.
0: Probably not Um, Charlotte because they seem to always lose
1: uh, (laughs)
0: Charlotte. But
1: But it's, it's, you know, it's the playoffs where, you know, you can game plan for weaknesses. Well, the weakness is you're missing a giant part of your defending championship roster. We're going to aim right there. You know, if you would like us to go ahead and expose, you know, Peyton Watson over the course of a seven game series, I'm pretty sure you can do it. Um, but for the, for the actual, um, getting there no. so injuries during the season concern me less than like, you know, injuries in April. Yeah. You know, so that, so in that sense, as long as the nuggets can get to April healthy, they're fine. Yeah. I mean, we know
0: there, I, this is the other thing I was thinking about too, is like how much luck will they have again on that, uh, health side. They're already this year, not going to be as lucky as they were last year because they already lost Vladko, right? Like last year they did not lose yep. a single guy to, I mean, Colin Gillespie, I guess, but, uh, if it, it and, you know, not, not, you don't want to see anybody get hurt obviously, but like Colin Gillespie was obviously not a guy in your rotation and, and Vladko, like obviously hadn't really been into your, in your rotation, uh,
1: You already watched your Jeff Green replacement, right? This is pretty much what would have happened if Jeff Green had gone down, you know, in training camp for the year. Okay? So that's what has happened to the Nuggets. And now they're having to make do.
0: Yeah, and it's, you know, I I do wonder, too, if Flacco would have been a guy who, like, what he probably would have been your... Um, one of your, your four guys, he'd have been your seventh stage, guy in the playoffs. Yep. yep, seventh or eighth guy. Yep, absolutely. Okay, well, let's let's keep moving on our uh, let's get on to more, more brighter topics, I guess. Of, of yeah, I know you and keep and
1: bringing it. up terrible yeah, topics, man. Gloom. What
0: the heck, some for sure. Uh, another thing again, I not that I'd like, um, Katie Williams Debbie Downer, Zach Yeah. <laughs> Not that Katie Wenge is the only person I follow on Twitter, but uh, obviously gets tremendous access to the team. So she was also talking about this week um, how the starters basically look. And, and Adam Morris was bringing this up, too, on uh, on the DMBA show. Like they were they talked a lot about how, you know, the starters basically they look ready to go. Nicola looks ready to go like this team, at least from the, for, for your top five guys is still uh, pretty much not looking to rest on their laurels or has that they've missed a beat or, or anything. And I, you know, you should expect that a lot because for one, it's the, you're returning the exact same starting five who again was healthy all last season. So say for a game here, game there, they, they essentially played uh, every night with each other. Also, you know, with the exception of KCP, like the other four guys um, have been around for a quite a while. Now, granted, Jamal and Mike were hurt for a good portion of when Aaron Gordon was here with the team, but they were still all together, you know, in the in the building, within the organization, generating that chemistry. And and so you kind of expect these guys. This is this is the benefit of building a team uh, that you can, you, and extending your guys, which, you know, like Josh Carky said, there are some things that make it harder now uh, to do that. But the benefit of doing that is you should be able to hit the ground running with, uh, with this group of, of five starters and, and really even six guys because Christian Brown should be pretty much uh, ready to rock and roll as well. Uh
1: Well, yeah. So, uh, and, and again, there, you're going to get a large dose of Reggie Jackson also. So, yeah. and you know, at this point you
0: hope he's ready to go because he's now he's got a full off season or he's getting his full off season right now right. with the team. He's not trying to pick it up on the fly, you know, uh at the trade deadline.
1: Well, and I've always said that adding people at the trade deadline is a terrible plan for the Nuggets because they play a center oriented offense that no one else in the league plays and right. that no one has ever played. So the only guy it <laughs> really worked with was Aaron Gordon. But then jamal murray got hurt like you know i mean that but he's not on ball right he's right he doesn't have to adjust to the fact that the guy who's actually on ball is the wrong size at the wrong position for any game they've ever played since they were in jv you know like it's his job was stand over there and then dunk this ball like when i throw it to you so So that's a that's a much easier adjustment to make than like who's supposed to cut or do whatever on a wing. So I honestly think like but even Paul Millsap who played the four said it was really weird coming to a team that was you know it took him 20 30 games to get used to it um, with Nikola Jokic running the offense that it's just not something that you ever do. So it's why it's always been for me I I don't look forward to the trade deadline as something where the Nuggets are adding somebody. Um, unless it's for somebody off the bench, unless you're, you know, somebody who's not ever going to play with Jokic. Um, right. Because but it even that, I, it's, even it's just that didn't work out
0: last year with, you know, I mean, Thomas Bryant was brought in solely right. to play when Jokic wasn't. And, you know, it was another yep. thing that really
1: didn't work out for him. Didn't um, pay off. He got a ring out of it, but he did was like, not work out off. for Thomas Bryant pretty good, but, yeah. Yeah, right. But well, even so, though, with that hurt him in free agency, like you can't show that you play. true. that's true because that he, true, he was and he him. was
0: he was playing pretty well there for he had some good stretch. Yeah, he was good
1: for L.A. So it's 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 a very hard fit to come to this team. This is a very particular team. It's why continuity matters on this team as much as any team. Uh, but, you know, more than most, because right. it's just it's, it's a hard thing. So the starters do look good. I expect them to look good. Um, the bench has never played together before, so it's gonna be delightful.
0: shaky. With, with, yeah, that's that's Not nothing new. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, you just kind of hope it's like last season where they get it, they figure it out
1: come playoff time, and then. Well, they the, the whole point away. of this year is to find out who's in the rotation of playoff time. Right. To stay yeah. healthy, and the other thing you is, you know, get a get a home court, and and you know, go ahead and. In the playoffs, you know who you're going to be playing. That's
0: Listen, The other thing is, too, is that when you essentially tighten your rotation to eight, um, eight yeah. you've always got two starters on the floor no matter what. So, you know, it, yep. it's a little bit easier for your bench um, to work that way. All right. Let's uh, let's move on to one more training camp storyline, which I think is the the biggest one uh, to talk about. So I'll, I want to set this up for you. Um <clears throat> It was Chris Dempsey. He was on Altitude Radio. I think it was on Tuesday, first day of training camp, right after uh, media day. He said something that I found was very interesting. And I always, always pay attention to whatever Chris Dempsey says about the Denver Nuggets because he is probably, of the media, he's probably the best connected, I would say, of of like anybody like, you know, he's he's been around this because he was the Denver Post writer forever. Like he's he's been around this team longer than Michael yep. Malone or Jokic or or really any of these uh, any of these people in. um in, in the who are in the building now, so they've all known Chris. They all have, have a great comfort level with Chris and as the Denver Post writer and now a member of Altitude, like you inherently do get more access, like because you were those are the two you know major, you, yeah, uh, you major were the, outlets. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I mean, Denver Post doesn't, but they, you know, um, it's still the day. De- it's, it's yeah, the but
1: you're, you're basically embedded. Like, what, yeah, you were there every day. Like that is exactly. an everyday situation.
0: So I pay attention to whatever Chris says anything. And what he, he said something that was really interesting to me because he said, listen, Nuggets fans need to understand, like, Christian Brown, Reggie Jackson, and Justin Holliday huh? are going to be the three people off the bench first. And then, then uh, Katie Wengy reporting on that, um, you know, Michael Porter Jr. tweaked his ankle. Said, and it was Justin Holiday who came in to play small forward with the starters uh, after Mike tweaked his ankle. Uh, And then at the end of training camp, Michael Malone went out of his way to praise. Justin Holiday and the camp he had and so like I just want everybody listening all of the fans out there who have all of <laughs> yep. this like optimism and hope and think that like Hunter Tyson and Julian Strother like these guys are going to give me this. and I know uh, Malone had, had a, some nice words to say about Hunter Tyson as well um, Jalen Pickett uh, if you guys think those guys are going to play over Justin Holiday and like you're if you're going to be upset Hell about no. Justin Holiday playing over the, those guys like that's on you. Like you, that yep. it's. they are sending that message out, like loud and clear, like Justin holiday is part of that nine to 10 guys, right. Along with Christian Brown, along with Reggie Jackson. And then I think really the only competition left is, you know, is it Zeke Najee? Is it Peyton Watson? Uh, who's that sort of four small ball five that, that will play. And then obviously if the nuggets come against, I think a team with a big, uh, and a true big off the bench, you know, then they'll probably throw in DeAndre Jordan uh, to right. to bang around for for 12 minutes or so. But like, I, I think that's your your nine men. I think obviously your five starters, Reggie Jackson, Christian Brown, um, Justin Holiday, and uh-huh. I guess I'll go Peyton Watson. I think Peyton Watson is my nine,
1: my ninth. I, I think they're going to change it up based on uh, I think Peyton and Zeke are going to split time until somebody shows out. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's going to be a um, an early season decision. Um, I think Justin Holiday's got till at least Christmas to like. He's the classic blown vet, play, right? Like or, yeah, yeah. He's our through. Correct. Yeah. 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 He's he's going to play, yeah. yep. yeah, yeah. he, play through Yokumus, and then we'll see where he's at. And then you know if it's not working out, then somebody else is going to get more time at that point. Yeah. Then maybe do um, you see?
0: both Peyton and Zeke getting minutes and like right. essentially sliding more into the wing role than, than to the small ball, big role.
1: Right. Why? Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Cause Peyton, Peyton's a three, four, right? So Peyton's not, a, right. I, I mean, you can play Peyton as a five, but you're going extremely small five at that point. I
0: think, yeah. Um, I mean, I think long, again, long-term view, you know, honestly is Peyton Watson, your, your Aaron Gordon replacement long-term. Yeah. Uh, but in so. order to do that, he's gonna. have – I mean, he's gonna have to hit the bench press quite a bit more because, like, that's oh, that's right. the difference. Is like he do- he just doesn't have the you know he's he doesn't have the size. I think, no, he, too- it's he's got that's the. not length. a height
1: problem, Not necessarily the right. height yeah, problem. Not necessarily the size. No, he's to bang, he's, he's to bang just down kidding. Low. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you're asking him to stop centers, like he just doesn't have the 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 butt for it. He right. only got the the side. Even even small go ahead centers, and,
0: like even if like it's PJ Tucker down there. I, I uh, yeah, see no, PJ, PJ Tucker bodying muscle, him man. off, you know, yeah. bodying him off and getting rebounds. Like that that I could see. Yeah. Whereas you well, know, and maybe, a maybe help side years defender. From now he's,
1: he's different. Right,
0: right. Right. exactly.
1: for again, you know, he's the guy that comes in for the block off the wing coming off of his guy. Like Peyton's skill is, you know, that he is, you know, he's got those long arms, he can move his feet, he's very quick you know and so you're trying to have him out there defending threes and fours and he can come help you if somebody gets past your center and get a block right right i don't want to feel feel okay
0: with him like getting switched onto a center like every now and again like obviously if it uh if it's a huge weakness for you then the team's gonna the a team could target that but you know peyton watson is a guy out there who's gonna help you basically switch everything right that's yeah he makes a switch roll and sometimes yeah. if sometimes, so he's, if six, sometimes he's
1: gonna be on a five yeah. he's gonna be on a five that's that's just the way it is exactly yeah and, and that's and that's fine you just you, you make it work right and he'll learn how to do it um but zeke is like a bigger body than Peyton, so yeah. I would expect that if you're yeah, going a guy who's been Peyton,
0: in the- Zeke's been in, in an NBA weight room, uh, small that it is. Yes. He's he's been in one now for what, you know, he's going into a three years. year. So year he's, yeah. He, Zeke's got like Zeke's got some muscle to him. He he probably can uh, bang down low. Uh certainly can probably more than Peyton
1: Watson, you know, whether or not him right. or Aaron Gordon. He's you know. more Aaron Gordon sized. Um right. not Aaron Gordon skill set, but Aaron Gordon size. And so the the you know, as far as being hefty enough to go ahead and, and hold your ground. Um, but I would consider Peyton to be a three, four and Zeke to be a four five. Um, and so yep. I, can agree I, I think picture. that like, so for me, the the other two guys who are coming off the bench are Peyton and Zeke. And then you're going to find out which of those three, four and five need to be moved around. Like if Justin Holiday can hold down the three, that's great like that's gonna you know payton's gonna get more time as a small ball four um but that's fine he's he's aggressive there um and i think that makes your your defensive unit uh really interesting with jackson brown um holiday and watson you know then you do have kind of a you know switchable sort of um defensive presence out there even though reggie's not a big guy he He's used to defending he's ones and a twos. He's not small, but he's not a small point guard either. Like you he's know, not a small point guard. He's not five eleven. Like, like he's no Faku.
0: He's not right. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. no Faku. He's no. I mean, he's he's got to be what like six three, right? So he's like six two. Yeah, Reggie. Reggie's fine. Yeah. yeah. So so right.
1: like I, I don't worry about Reggie. And, well, um, here's the
0: thing. Here's the thing. Six two, but if I remember right, Reggie. Well, he's Jackson, 6'2", but wing, he's not he's His not wingspan is seven
1: foot wingspan. Yeah, he's got he's got he's got arms which uh, Gary Harris didn't have, and he's built right. a little bigger than Gary. Um, so like uh, for me, Reggie defending twos is not a big problem. Like, so you can you can start switching guys, and and that works if though if that you know particular lineup can hold it together. But if Justin Holiday can't hold it down in everyday action, then you're going to see more of Peyton Watson, and you're going to slide yeah. the lineup down. Then Zeke's going to play more of the four, not the five. And you're going to see maybe some more DeAndre um, or maybe Hunter Tyson gets a chance to go ahead and be a stretch forward at that point if he's still showing out in practice. You know what I mean? So it it all does rely on what happens with Justin Holliday. And honestly, how Peyton Watson looks defending bigger guys. Like if he doesn't look good doing it, then he's only a three. You know, then he might be a two, three, not a not a three, four. And then you've got other issues. I think he'll be fine defending most fours, especially off the bench. So that's not really a concern that I have. But, well, I mean, the proof's in the pudding. We haven't seen – we saw, like, two games at the end of the year where Peyton looked really good, and otherwise he hasn't played at all. Like, that's – you've seen some summer league action where he looked very iffy within a more dominant – in a more, like, ball-dominant role. Right. And, you know, other than that, uh, you see him in practice doing some stuff. Right right so yeah, maybe yeah. we saw him last
0: year in g-league and he was he was great in g-league but it's it's, it's g-league so we have no
1: defense in g-league though like that's yeah, the, exactly. the whole point of g-league is no one there,
0: there isn't in summer league either but i you know yeah i mean it's not it's definitely not uncommon to see guys go out there in vegas in one that, that i guess the difference is even peyton watson who's a guy who's you know up and down last season uh, in terms of being in g-league or being in the nba like when he was he wasn't like summer league, where he was there for like a week and a half, right? Like when he was yes. down, like he had a month or so to to put together, get some chemistry with these guys, and really grow into the role. As you know, I mean, he was when he was down down in, in the G League, he was he was definitely the the the, the guy on on the ground. Gold,
1: and was, he looked like, great. Yeah, but but that's not know, what he's going to be here. You obviously. should,
0: yeah, right. Exactly.
1: You should look great in the G League if you are going to be an NBA player. Like if you can't look good in the G League, you're not an NBA player. Here's the so. thing
0: that's gonna it's I mean, here's what's gonna decide amongst all these guys, and maybe why there should be some hope uh for for Hunter Tyson. But you know, Justin Holiday, a guy who really had the best uh, the best time in his career um back when he was with Chicago and then Indiana, right? That little stretch he had there. Sure. He was essentially, you know, in Chicago he shot 36.5% from three. That's basically just right around league average. Uh in Indiana, he shot almost thirty-nine percent, so he was above average. That's you know, where everywhere else he's been where he hasn't lasted, it's it's all below league average. And lately, you know, he was he was pretty terrible um last season, particularly with Dallas. He did all right uh when he was with Atlanta. <clears throat> that's the thing that's gonna if Justin Holiday can find his three-point shot, he will be able to find time, and minutes, get time. Uh, in minutes And rotation. he should. And he, he should. And he right. He should but yeah. just like how Tory Craig would fall out of the rotation, it's because if teams eventually start to be like, we don't have to worry about covering Justin holiday when he's on the court because because that's where he's going to end up. He's going to be end up being a guy who's floating out at the three-point line. You know, maybe doing some cuts every now and then, but for the most part, just waiting for other people to cut or drive to the basket and then catch that kick out. If he's not able to keep defenses honest uh, and they can clog the because they're not worried about Justin Holiday shooting a three, that's when you pull him out for a guy who paid Watson, who, you know, shot very well from three last season, but on a very small sample size. So, Right. You know, can well, Can Peyton that's, Watson that's actually do thing. that in regular minutes? You know, he was a. I don't think Peyton Watson is going to shoot 43% from three. Um, over regular minutes. But can again, can he be like like Justin Holiday, a 39% three point shooter? If the guys who can do that and play and and will play defense, those are the guys who are going to end up getting the spots in Malone's rotation. That's he needs people who can
1: shoot and he's not going to allow somebody who doesn't play defense uh, to, to get regular minutes. Uh, he will not allow someone who's not a veteran who doesn't play defense to get regular minutes, yes. Um, Malone is, has a much longer leash on veterans who can't play D than on rookies who can't play D. That's true, um, which is why so, Justin so Holliday me, is like, you know, leader right. in the clubhouse. Correct, because if you look at it, you're like, okay, well, is his defense going to hold up? I don't know. Can he just stand out there and shoot threes? Well, that's he's a better three-point shooter in his career than Jamal Murray because all he has to do is catch and shoot them. So he's not on ball generating anything. He's not fighting through three defenders, doing doing 360 turnaround stuff. All he's doing is, I am open, throw me the ball, okay, I made the shot. And if he can do that for the Nuggets, he'll be great. That's, that's exactly what the Nuggets need. Um, that's the reason why everybody has been gaga over Hunter Tyson because, oh, my God. There's a three four that can you know go ahead and make open shots and dive on the floor for loose balls. Well, that's Justin Holiday's role like that's what he's going to do for the nuggets if he's going to be in the rotation long term yeah. um there won't be a lot else to his game. The nuggets don't ask their role players to do a lot other than hustle like run in transition grab rebounds like shoot threes that's your that's your whole thing so yeah if he can do that he'll be in the rotation if he can't then you start asking other people to do it. I am not a believer in Peyton Watson to be a open three maker on a long, on a bunch of attempts yet. Um, yeah. I wouldn't, I, would, but, I wouldn't
0: want Peyton Watson to fill that Aaron Gordon role. Like, can you make threes
1: from the corner? Like that's right. Exactly. you do have two favorite spots on the floor. You could shoot from great. Do that. Like that will be fine. Uh, but I mean, Christian Brown is a was a better um, uh, three point shooter in college, and a Christian what didn't really have his shot all last year, you know, from deep like that just wasn't a thing. But he didn't take that many of them, um, and that's you know then you get that's when you start getting shot variants and guys who are used to making shots and getting more of them when you don't get them, you know, yeah your your percentage gets a little weird. Uh, Peyton Watson didn't. <laughs> Peyton Watson in college didn't get a lot of shots off. Uh, that wasn't it. He did not you have get a, a lot of minutes.
0: Period. Like
1: he didn't. He didn't get a lot of minutes. He wasn't playing with starters. He he had a very strange role. And so when they gave him a defined role in the G League, Watson like flexed a little. And when he got a defined role in a couple of uh, NBA games he was like, "Oh, you want me to do these three things? Watch me." And he was out there blocking shots and making shots and looked awesome in a specific defined role. And so for me, what I'm hoping for for the Nuggets is that Christian Brown's role can expand and that uh Reggie Jackson can hold down the point guard duties and create offense for others. Because my biggest fear with the Nuggets bench is that Reggie Jackson can't create those looks as easily as he has in the past, and then you have guys trying to be shot creators who are not shot creators. That's not the skill of anybody else who's not a rookie on the um, on the Nuggets bench. Like Znajder right. should not be creating his own shot. Peyton Watson should not be creating his own shot. Oh. Neither should Brown. Neither should Holiday. That is right. not their skill set. So it has to be Reggie. So as long as he—that's for you're me, gonna thats
0: have to Yeah, or you're gonna have to stagger Jokic and Murray with that bench so that one of those. That two would two be the
1: next plan. You good. would have to. You would have to make sure that Murray is, or Jokic, but probably Murray, you know, is taking that first bench, sit down, and then coming back in with the bench to go ahead and do that leadership and passing position. Uh, yeah. And that's fine if that's how that goes. But that's that's first position. First thing to work out with the bench is how Reggie Jackson is going to handle running it. If it's working great, if it's not working, you've got to be able to figure out if the shots are being created or if people are having to jack them up over like um, in a stagnant offense. Right. Uh, And that's not helping anybody because the Nuggets offense should be a flowing offense, even on the bench. Like they have a lot of guys that move and back cut and set screens. And so there should be open shots to be had. And if you can't get them, that's that is a symbol of a of a larger issue that the Nuggets will have to solve quickly in the season.
0: Quickly, and, and like we talked about, will they will they have the the depth of the players to turn to to um, to get it done? All right, let's move on uh, to our final topic of of the night, which is. The Phoenix Suns, uh, they announced this. I don't know which Suns reporter I saw announced this, but essentially they, the Suns have confirmed who their starting lineup uh, is going to be. Uh, Frank Vogel has said it's going to be Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, uh, Josh Akogi, Kevin Durant, and Yusuf Nurkic. You, okay. h- how do you feel, Gordon, about Devin Booker at, at point guard? Because I I haven't seen it yet. Like I think about like, uh, who was the team? What, what was it? Was it the 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 Nets when they had Harden, Kyrie, and KD? And they basically their whole offense just became game. Like okay, this this possession it'll be James's ISO. Uh, the next possession it'll be Kyrie's ISO. Then it'll be KD's ISO, and we'll just we'll just trade on and off between the three. I almost feel like Phoenix is heading that way. You know, you're just talking about like a flowing offense with the Nuggets, like. I feel like it's essentially going to be KD, Beal, and Booker taking turns, taking guys one on one, and you know they'll just they'll just try and basically win themselves across. And they might have enough scoring to do
1: it. They really might. But yeah, if they had to do that, they have guys that can score. I just Devin Booker. I mean, his assist numbers have never been bad in his career. I mean, when he was like a teenager, maybe. But I mean, he's always been a five or a six assist guy. So. I, even before, you know, you had KD show up or, and even before, uh, CP three. So, uh, I, for me, can he, he draws enough attention that he can pass out of it and get guys open. Um, you're not, it's not an easy task to defend Devin Booker one-on-one. And when he drives the hoop, you notice that he drove the hoop, like it will change your defense. So right. as, as a drive-and-kick point guard, the problem is he's always an offensive initiator, right? So he's kind of a Kyrie Irving-style point guard rather than a, you know, uh, I guess whatever you would call a pure point guard, which almost… Doesn't exist Chris Paul point guard, right? It would be the, Yeah, but that's, but like that, I said, who other than Chris is, who, like, who than Chris that Chris is right. like that now, right? Watson like Morris. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a starter, but, like, you know, I'm trying to think of star, stars that are star pure point guards. Point guard? Your point guards yeah. are not really, I mean... Everybody's Nicole a combo guard now. Everybody's a... She, right, yeah. Nikola Jokic is that guy, except that he does a bunch of other stuff, too. Uh, But so for me, uh, can Devin Booker be the kind of point guard that 18 other teams also have? Yeah. Yeah, you're not asking him to, you know, generate nine assists a game or something. You're asking him to score when he's open and then create shots for other people to get them open. He can do that. So... My thing is, I don't know how much the ball is going to move. Like, I, because like you said, it, it might wind up being a lot in of my one thing your turn. But mostly, I expect one pass shoot right. from it. I, and they, I don't think they're actually trying to run the, the Phoenix seven seconds or less offense. You know, but well. maybe, because, I mean, who's, who's passing the ball? At that point, maybe you're setting the ball up through Nurkic for him to pass it out of the key, you know, because. Uh, if you're not like everyone else is going to jack up shots, and maybe Nurkic will too because he's always done that as well. But uh, <laughs> I mean, Bradley Beal and and Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, they have a tendency to shoot the ball when they get the ball. So uh, I, and for good reason, they're good scorers. But I'm not. I haven't seen the offense they're running with those scorers yet. So for me, I'm not worried about Devin Booker as a point guard as much as I'm worried about their offensive philosophy. And what they're actually trying to do.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like I, I just wonder, is it just like you said, a lot of a lot of one and done passes, or just like I was saying, like a lot of isolation ball, where we're just yeah. gonna take turns, and it'll be this guy's turn to score, and then this guy's turn to score, and this guy's turn to score. I, you know, I mean, it, I think you see pretty consistently, particularly in, in the NBA, like when when you start to form these these super teams, uh, it does take a minute for them to like figure out, I mean, even, even Miami, when they had LeBron and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosch, like, you know, there was, there was some hiccups early on because it's, it's like all these guys are used to Bradley Beal's been like the, the only offensive threat on the his only offer like yep. the last five seasons, you know, and right. you know, Kevin Durant's always had like a sidekick or some guy, but now not probably not anybody to uh, the level of Devin Booker and Devin Booker the same way. Uh, pretty much. Uh, until up until they got Durant mid, through last season, like Devin Booker has pretty much always just been the man on his own. So now, how do you make that work with three guys? You know, we've seen that I think time and again. And, and what's going to happen is one of those guys is only going to score like 20 points a game. You know, they're not all going to put up 30 uh and and it'll just depend on, on i mean if they the did
1: that would be, be very amazing it. i would be it would, right impressed.
0: yeah i mean it would be but like it, you just don't see it. i mean when chris bosh went to miami he was the guy who suddenly was not you know looked at as a focal point of the offense and, and his scoring numbers dipped it's it's just, and he talked about it right he was like
1: before. i know what i have to give up to win a ring and when that Kevin is love with cleveland
0: you know, same right. same deal. These guys, they had to take lower roles, and and they did, and they and they got rigs. You know, so who's going to be that guy um, for for Phoenix? It'll they, be it'll be interesting to see, but it's going to well, take like, some time to figure that absolutely. out. And it, it would not shock me to see them like you know, 30 games into the season with a record of like 16 and 14 or something like that. I would not I would not be shocked at all. Well, and then, an then they figure right? out put it on exactly.
1: Yeah, uh, like my thing my thing with Phoenix is that. I mean, Chris Paul took what? He's he's been an 11, 12 shots a game guy for the last half dozen years. Um, and uh, I mean, Bradley to takes 18, 19, 20, 23. Like, you know, it depends on w- what year it was. But you know, right. he's going to have to cut his role significantly off of what he is expecting, off of what it has been. I don't know if Bradley can do that. Uh, I mean, I don't think anybody knows that. They, they traded for him, but there, there cannot be enough shots for the three of those guys. And I mean, if you, even if you're playing one of them with the bench a bunch, there still can't be enough shots for all of those guys. Um, you can't have three guys taking, you know, 20 shots a game. You just can't. It's hard enough to have three guys taking like 16 shots a game. The Nuggets don't have anybody taking 20 shots a game. And uh, I don't think there's any way that Phoenix is going to either, Um, but it's – if you have uh, – I mean, I think Kevin Durant took like 16 shots a game with Phoenix last year, Um, but that was him working into the offense. Um, I would expect him to take more shots this year. So uh, I think the the flex has to come from somebody, and I expect it to be Beal because it's Booker's team. Booker, and so yeah, Booker's right. not, I mean, Beal's the new guy, right? So, like... Beal's the new guy. He's fitting in. So, to fit in, you don't get your shots. Like, you're the new guy. Right. Exactly. Um, God, but I'm but I don't cool. know how Beal's going to do, you know, taking many fewer shots, you know, uh, by cutting his shot rate by, like, 40% and then seeing what happens. Right. So, I uh, until I see that, uh, <laughs> in action, because you're not simulating that on in a practice court, right? Like, you're... Even if you're running scrimmages, they're not real scrimmages. Right. So I am curious to see what how they expect to deploy the guys that they have um, and what kind of a bench they expect to put together. If we think we have interesting bench problems, um, Phoenix definitely has some stuff to figure out with how their bench is construed. So uh, I'm curious to see if they are also going to do what the Nuggets may wind up doing when the Nuggets have Jamal playing with the bench a lot. And I would expect Bradley Beal then to be their guy that they would kick to the bench. You know, he comes out as a starter, plays his minutes, goes, sits down, comes back. And then he's taking a bunch of shots with a bunch of guys who do not take shots off the bench. That would make sense
0: to me. That would be the way to go with it, right? When he comes back in and gives Booker a rest, and you know, you go go so on and so forth. All right, let's let's talk about one more thing with the Suns and then we'll then we'll wrap up the show here. Um they of course not the man Matt Ishbia, he's he's putting his stamp on the team, no doubt, about it. And he continued there this week um with the uh the or the suns trading for Yusuf Nurkic. They get involved in uh in the Damian Lillard trade. Uh, which I guess was, was, was last week. it, uh, But anyway, so, and now Yusuf Nurkic goes to Phoenix. You know, it, I, I kind of go back and forth, whether or not Nurkic or Deandre Ayton, like in, in terms of, again, from a context of a Nuggets standpoint, we're talking about the guy who defends Nikola Jokic uh, and Yusuf Nurkic, obviously with the history with Denver, with the history with, with Jokic, um, I think he, he takes that matchup way more personally. Uh, and so at first it made me lean towards more like, yeah, I'd rather have Aiden because Aiden did back when, when the Suns swept, uh, the nuggets in 2021, you know, Aiden Aiden played very well, uh, against right. Nicole Jokic. And, and it was like, he was like the next guy, right? Dwight Howard's out of the league now. So Aiden's the next guy who Jokic has to figure out. And then as we saw this year uh, in the playoffs, Jokic, uh, very much has DeAndre Aiden figured out and, uh, basically made him unplayable uh, at, by the end of that series. And, you know, so I was like, okay, well, Yusuf Nurkic, um, you know, he obviously takes the, the matchup more personally. Like, he maybe it's just, I'm not saying Nurkic is a better player than Aiton, but maybe a tougher matchup for Jokic. But then people were reminding me, like, Jokic did the exact same thing to Nurkic the year prior uh, in that in that same playoffs when they got swept by Phoenix they won the first round matchup with Portland and Jokic basically made Yusuf Nurkic uh, and Zach Collins for that matter unplayable and and dominated that matchup and Nurkic basically couldn't stop fouling. That was the only thing Nurkic could do to try and stop Jokic was fouling. And they were just in foul trouble uh, the entire time. So I don't know, Gordon, like where do you stand? Like if you had to choose Aiton or Nurkic, which guy which guy is the tougher matchup uh, for Jokic?
1: Um I think in a neutral sense it would be Aiton, but Phoenix right. is not a neutral sense for Aiton as much as anyone. Like okay, Aiton was alienated by the Suns. And so, you know, I don't think that Aiton was coming back. So in that sense, they had to get off of Aiton. um, And it's easier to move multiple contracts, you know, than it is one. So they they went ahead and they did basically a two for one. um, And now they have more assets. And Yusuf Nurkic at that price is probably what Aiton is against Jokic, which might be – completely incompetent but at half the price you can now you know afford to make other changes in your roster so for me i think that's that the, 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 that made sense that move makes enough sense to, for me to do that um but i don't think it makes the phoenix any more dangerous to the nuggets at this point like maybe it will help the the sun set up their bench um at the trade deadline and, and be able to then reorganize and get it right to have a stronger set of guys to throw at the nuggets coming to playoff time. But I don't I don't think the particular Nurkic versus Ayton thing matters to Nikola Jokic at all. I don't think either one of those guys was stopping him.
0: Yeah, and also remember now the Suns don't have um Jock Landale anymore. So uh,
1: like, nope.
0: if Nurkic gets hurt, I guess God, I don't even know who they're probably when-
1: when Bull Bull, Nurkic you think,
0: <laughs> or Nurkic gets hurt, or or just fouls out? Like, are they, is is it Bull Bull coming off the bench for you at the? uh that would be hilarious to watch Bull Bull try and defend.
1: I'm just saying, like people talk oh, about Nurkic. how DeAndre Ayton was like injury prone, but Nurkic hasn't played 60 games in the NBA in like five years. So, right? Like, I don't, <laughs> I'm not sure how much they're gonna be able to count on Nurkic. We were talking about what's gonna happen with the Nuggets if. MPJ or Murray can't go in the playoffs and it's a problem. Okay, that's fine, but when they're healthy, they play all the time. Like, you know, MPJ played uh, a ton of games the year that he was healthy. Um, and he played a ton of games last year. And, you know, Jamal Murray plays, you know, 70 plus games all the time. So, for me, the the bigger question is what are the what are the Suns going to do? If their only real, like, center is unavailable to them in the playoffs, they're going to have to address that at some point.
0: Yeah, you would have to think, because, I mean, they got the, um, oh, the guy from Sacramento. Uh, Metu, right? Uh, Chimese Metu. Yes. Um, Who's, like, a, a small ball, big-ish kind of guy, I mean, but, like. And he's given He's
1: like up, 6'8, he's, right?
0: Like, yeah, I was I mean, like, he's given up is... quite a quite a bit of height. And then not only just like height, but like he's probably given up a good, he's gotta be close to giving up 50 pounds,
1: you know, to Jokic. Uh, which Well, and he can't he can't spread the court either. Like, at least Nurkic can shoot threes. But like yeah, Matthew, he... met. uh well will shoot threes. <laughs> right. He will shoot them. <laughs> like, you know, Metu was like, no nah, man, that's not my game. I will not be doing that. So uh, for me, I, I don't know how that's really a playable option because you, you're going to have three guys trying to drive the hoop, but you've got Metsu like standing there because he can't do anything else.
0: Yeah. So yeah, that's a great point, man. If they, if they're down Nurkic, they're, they're in trouble. That's a, that's a lot to be putting on, on a guy who, like, like we said, has had health, health and foul trouble, um.
1: Right. Well, and again, yeah, like Nurkish, if Nurkish fouls out, you're, you, don't, you don't, like you said, you do not have a Jock Landale anymore. You don't right. have an energy guy to go ahead and try and Birdman somebody. You right. know what well, I mean? Honestly, you don't was have probably more
0: effective in that series. Landale Agreed. was probably more effective than Aiden. Um, he thought he was
1: too. That's why he was mad when people were dogging right. him. He's like, you try it. And then yeah, everyone right. else exactly. tried it and failed worse than him. And he was like, I told you I did fine. <laughs> where did old jock
0: did he end up in miami no he's in the he's with the, the spurs i don't know. no the spurs is where he was yeah where, where did he end up now he said that thought he ended up in miami this is a great podcast no no right he's right not here. in miami uh houston that's the other I, yeah. one of those there Houston. That's
1: a, it's a rebuilding those, squad but i was like no and red and, one of those red
0: and black teams down yeah, there
1: no.
0: <laughs> somewhere in the gulf and i think he'll be good this is the other reason. side of I think the gulf a, it's fine a, Right.
1: No, His I think he'll be not good. Really in in the goal like field, he's right? he's got you know the energy off the you know that you want to see from a player. He he's a pro. He's like 6'11. they had some problems with professionalism on that squad, and he's a pro, so that's a good thing for Houston to add. Uh, so yeah, I I I think he'll be fine there. I don't know that Houston will be fine, but I think he'll be fine in there. But I'm he's glad he got paid, up. and I'm glad he ain't on the Suns. Yeah right exactly that's the thing I mean like we talked about last or last time Houston
0: Houston intrigues me uh, but we don't have time to get into that tonight in fact we are
1: going to go we're ahead. not doing a Houston tangent tonight man <laughs> we will not if there's casseroles uh, to
0: eat we're not doing it just, that's it we will uh, we will wrap it up there make sure you guys are following us on Twitter I'm at Zach Mikosh. Gordon is at G Money Nugs follow us at Denver Stiffs uh as well also at mile high sports uh make sure you're showing spreading the love we will i will be back on on wednesday with a special guest uh but for mr gross oh i don't get uh, to be
1: a special guest i see how this if, goes. you're always all a special
0: right. guest Gordon, all the time
1: yeah people, I'm the special people are they, they come
0: just expect you now you know <laughs> you gotta stop resting on your laurels you gotta earn it okay i guess
1: i'll step up my game
0: But uh, yeah, uh, for for Mr. Gross and myself, we will we will wrap it up for tonight and we will talk to you guys very soon.